Blog Talk Radio. Available, 
And you can see all the top deals for games at the Garden, at Gillette, on the road, concerts, like I said. They aggregate all the ticket sellers on one platform and have the most competitive prices out there. So all those other ticket sites that you go to, you'll see them on TickIQ. So head over to the Apple Store right now and download the TickIQ app and start saving today. That's T-I-Q-I-Q. Use the promo code BOSTON for 10% off your first purchase. So either, and if you don't have an iPhone, go to TickIQ.com and do the same thing because we're hooking you up there as well. Um, We're going to leave with the Celtics tonight, Calvin. And normally when we start off with the Celtics, well, recently anyway, it's been it's been happy. It's been a good thing. It's been a positive vibe. But tonight, yeah, man. Tonight, I'm not I'm not feeling so positive about these Celtics, and it's not because I'm swinging on a roller coaster. I'm riding a roller coaster here, and I'm being emotional and going to one extreme one extreme to the other. I just am a little disappointed in the way this season has started. I didn't expect them to be three and zero. I didn't even expect them to be two and one. One and two. It's not the record, even. It's the way that they've played in these games. So, tell me if I'm if I'm just seeing something that other people aren't seeing. Maybe I'm missing something here. Celtics don't look that good through the first three games. They looked slow against Philadelphia to start and did what they were supposed to do in the second half. They looked totally discombobulated discombobulated against Toronto the entire game and basically got blown out in that one. And against San Antonio, they played pretty well in the second half, but they, to me, had a major meltdown in, in the last minute or so, and they, uh, they just didn't execute. So the one constant, which is also an inconsistency in what's been going on for the first three games, is that I don't I don't think the coaching staff has these guys full attention for whatever reason. And whether it's taking fouls after you've already wasted eight to 10 seconds on a shot clock, trying to get a defensive stop towards the end of the Spurs game, or it's just not finding any rotation at all that is consistent throughout a game or playing your starters and then, going completely away from a guy that you've started in Tyler Zeller for entire stretches of of the second half. And so before I go on too much of a rant here, am I overreacting to this or is, do I see a legitimate concern a little bit before other people are seeing it? No, I don't think that you've, uh, you haven't said anything outrageous. So I don't, I wouldn't say that you're overreacting per se. I think that, um, yeah, I think that there are concerns early in the season. Now you can say, well, they'll figure it out. It really just feels like this team is, is you know, out of sync. They don't seem to have an identity uh, as of right now. You know, not that you need to have an identity three games into the season, but I, I think, you know, that's a big part of it is, is they don't have an identity. They're sort of uh, out of sorts. You, you're right. I don't think that they know who should be playing with who yet. Yeah. Um, and I mean, isn't I that what like, training camp is for? Isn't that what the coaching staff was supposed to figure out and try and see this? They don't. They didn't add that many pieces. They had an identity last year. You're right. You don't need to have an identity through the first three games. But when you didn't change much and you had a clear identity at the end of last season, don't you think that a little bit of that should carry over? I haven't seen a whole lot of that that, that Celtics team this yeah. year so far. 
I, I think that, you know, small sample size things that I that you can still look for, I, I think that, that protecting the rim will probably continue to be a problem this season. I, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but it, it doesn't really feel like they've addressed that. Oh, definitely. Listen, or, I, I love Amir Johnson, and I will praise him from dusk till dawn on this show and elsewhere. I think he's an excellent player, but he's not an all-star, and he shouldn't be your best big man, which is what we're looking at right now with Sellinger's inconsistency, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly your best defensive big man. Um, I'm not sure that they've quite figured out what to do with David Lee yet, you know, how much of a role he should take. Uh, in just in do you think he still handling. has it? Since you mentioned him, do you think he still has it in his legs, or is he just kind of shot and he really should only be a 18 to 20 minute per game player? Um, he, you know, I, I still think he's got that. I still think he has the perimeter jump shot he had before. What, what, if you want to say has David Lee lost it? The one area in which I, I feel like he may have lost it a little bit is he used to be a, a Kevin Love almost level like rebounder and offensive rebounder. Now he can, he can still get rebounds, but he doesn't he doesn't seem to be nearly as tenacious, you know, going for those second chance opportunities or you know on the defensive end go, hitting the boards. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think about David Lee? He, I, I also think that See, like, I've never really I, considered I think, him a perimeter shooter anyway, and I am not. We're not talking. Th- I know you're not talking three pointers here, I'm but not talking three. I've never I've never really thought that his mid range game was all that great. I just I thought of him as more of a post player and a guy who could really run the floor. And I don't see much of that anymore this year so far. Or last year for that matter. He played well in sports for Golden State, but I, I mean I think that they knew what they were doing out there when they only used him sporadically. I, I, I wonder I, how much of it is physical deterioration and how much of it is just you know, deterioration of confidence. Or you know, adapting to a new role, not expecting to to get that role in Boston, and and thus not trying to take that role. I, yeah, because I don't see him being as aggressive as I saw him in in you know what you would call his his scoring prime anyway. Right. And I think he's never been a defensive player, and I think he'll continue to be a liability on that end. I just I just feel like with him. And then and Zeller and Olenek, you know, sort of all trying to get minutes in the rotation. It it just it doesn't feel right. Especially, I don't know, I don't know how long, how long do you think Stevens can possibly stay with this with this uh, David Lee Tyler Zeller front court? I don't see. That's the thing. I, I don't think he has. He knows which one or if even one of them is the guy to go with towards the end of games here, they're both going to have to play at some point, right? I mean, unless you're going to load those minutes onto Kelly Olenek when, when he starts playing a little bit more now that he's back in the lineup for a couple of games here, or if you're going to ride Sullinger, I mean, I just, I feel like those guys both deserve some sort of minutes. And I mean, maybe you're, you're going to cut them out entirely, but where do those minutes go? I don't know. I, I, I think for the first for, for the first month or so, he's probably going to have to play everyone, right? And if not, I mean, otherwise, I mean, Ainge is probably going to have some upset players on his hands. But I, I guess that's really more on Brad Stevens than on Danny Ainge. Um, I, I just it's 
there's a log jam and he needs to figure it out. And if you're going to go away from Zeller like he has in the first three games, I don't know why he's starting in the first place. You just need a warm body out there. I mean, what's the point? Do you think that, do you think that maybe uh, Brad Stevens has decided that Zeller is going to be a low man on the totem pole in terms of the rotation and the way he's appeasing Zeller is by making him the starter? You think like it's an intentional thing where he's like going into it thinking, oh, man, I really Zeller, hope not. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. If he's low man on the totem pole, he shouldn't play. But uh, he, yeah. the coach has praised him in the past, and they have they have a relationship prior to this, them being uh, Celtics or being Zeller being on the Celtics and Stevens being the coach here, them both being here. They have a relationship prior to that. Stevens is not shy about saying how much he likes the Zeller family. So maybe he is doing that. And if that's the case, this is not. This shouldn't be personal at this point. This should be business. There should be no appeasing somebody. If you don't want the guy to play, you don't think he's good enough to play, you don't put him out there. Right. Too much on the line. In, in, in the Spurs game, Tyler Zeller started, didn't get hurt. And how many how many minutes would you guess that Tyler Zeller played? Just without. Uh, yeah, say, without I didn't look. I haven't seen the box score because I was in, I was at the game. I think he I think he probably yeah. played five to six minutes in that game. Yeah, he played. He played six minutes and twenty eight seconds in that game. Yeah. So he so, so he played one rotation. He, the, he and and right. the coach realized he was overmatched by Aldridge and Duncan, etc. Which I agree with, and he sat him down. But the point is, you're supposed to realize that before the game. Don't start the guy. If you're going to mix and match your lineups like you've indicated you might, don't start Zeller against San Antonio Spurs. Are you kidding me? It's one of the best front courts in the, in the NBA. But what, I don't get why Zeller is the overmatched one in that situation and not Lee. I mean, Zeller's bigger than Lee. He's a you know he's not a great defender, but he's a better defender than David Lee. If this if this is just what we're talking about matchup wise, it seems like Zeller's always the one who who suffers in this scenario. When I, I think Lee's a little stronger. Uh, I mean, in in my personal opinion, I obviously I'm not standing next to these guys every day. We should get Jared Weiss on our show more often. You know that we should we should get him to do us a favor here and there. I don't think we've ever had him on this show, actually. No, we haven't. We probably should. I mean, it's a, a perfect guy to utilize. Celtics locker room reporter here here at CLNS Radio. Check out the Garden Report. Cheap plug for him. I'm pretty sure he that's brought, like that's me. brought to you by Greenspan, by the way. Um, we could get him to come on this show and talk Celtics with us. <clears throat> I don't know. Sidetrack. Anyway, like the point the point is, Lee seems to be stronger, and that's what I mean by overmatched. Like Kelly Kelly Olenek looks slow fit slow footed all the time. Tyler Zeller seems to be a guy that I I don't know he just doesn't seem strong. He seems a little soft out there pretty often. And David Lee seems stronger to me, so that's why I would say that he's the one that Zeller is more overmatched in a lot of situations. All right, how are you feeling about the backcourt? How are you feeling about uh, the, the development of Smart slash the way Bradley's been playing? I think that Bradley's confidence I mean, and his shot actually looks a lot better than it ever has. Um, and 
I'm actually kind of surprised to to see how easily he's getting some of his shots this year, whether they're going in or not. He's getting open again, and they found a way to, to um, get him the ball. Now, I'm not so sure that that's on him because in, I think that he's sort of reached his peak and that he's going to be what he is for the next few years. I'm not sure he's going to really improve that much more, even though he's he's still a young player. So where I'm going with this, Calvin, is I think that Avery Bradley has improved because Marcus Smart has taken an even bigger step in his development, and I think that that he has just been a bulldog lately. I think he's been excellent, and he's he's still a little erratic on offense, but he's tamed the shot down a little bit, and I I, I feel like he's very focused, and his play has elevated Avery Bradley's. Yeah. I would still like to see Smart's point guard development continue a little more. I think that he's shooting better this year. You know, as a as a set shot, catch and shoot guy, he's, he's shooting better. Um, or you know, even like a fake and fake him and shot guy. But I, I I'd like to see him dribble a little bit more still. Um, penetrate, get to the rim. He seems like he's fast enough, but he still he seems to still be reluctant to me to go all the way to the rim. You know what I mean? He'll he'll pull up in that nebulous zone if he's got the space, but he rarely takes it all the way in. Um, Bradley, yeah, you're right. I I like what I'm seeing from him offensively. My one question to you is: Does does it feel to you so far like he slipped a little bit on the other end now? Because I don't know. I feel like he hasn't had the same attention that Avery Bradley's had in the past. Just yeah, you know what? I, I think that that last year was the year he took a step back defensively. I don't think it's this year. And last year, you could argue that it was because of injuries and that he was na- he, he had some nagging stuff going on. I, I'm not I'm not so like people were talking about him as being the next elite defender on the wing in the NBA. And this that's part of what I'm talking about, which with him having reached his peak, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to get there. He, I don't think he's going to be that elite defender. I think he's still a solid defender. And I, there have been moments right. in games. That I that I think that he's done a really good job, and that he's disrupted the backcourt. I thought that uh, he played really well against the Spurs on defense, but sometimes he gets a little lost. Um, but I mean that's, I think that's more of of a overhype of him early on, by everybody around, the, or surrounding the team as far as fans and some media. I think he was overhyped, and it's too bad that he was given that distinction early that he was going to be an elite defender because I think he's just he's going to be a very good defender for a a long time I think he's going to stick around and this is going to be the player that he is I'm not sure how many how many more steps forward he's going to take yeah I agree with you I think that he's about what he is in fact that's uh, something that I wanted to run by you if if you don't mind transitioning now do you have anything else on the Celtics no let's do it Let's move to the next well, topic. Well, now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move over to my team real quick. And, and my question to you, and this is something that I've that I've always sort of struggled with, just big picture before before we narrow it down. It's like, how long do you hold on to to the young players? Like, he's still in his ascension. He's going to get better. Uh, you know, he. 
I don't understand how people have faith that like guys are always going to get better. Um, there's times when I see it, when you see like you know glimpses of, of physicality, uh, or in, and you know guys just aren't polished, or you know like a guy. But there's other times when it's like theoretically, for example, if a guy doesn't have a shot, he's either going to develop a shot or he's not. But there's no, but you can't like project that either way, right? Some guys work. You you see guys who like work hard, like Jason Kidd, who are terrible shooters, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're they're good shooters later in their career. But then right. you see other guys who you see other guys who are terrible shooters, and they're and they're just never going to be good shooters. Like they never like uh, Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo, for example. Right. I know we're talking about the Lakers here, but I know where you're going and what player you're going with. So I'm going to compare him to Rondo a little bit because when he when Rondo left the Celtics. And I think there was talk for a couple of years prior to that of of the Celtics needing to get rid of him because he was not going to get any better and his shot was not going to get there. So, Calvin, to help you with your transition, transition, would you keep D'Angelo Russell for the next eight years before deciding that he was not going to be the player that you wanted him to be. No, I, I probably won't. And let me press any any digital conversation with the, the obvious fact. I don't even need to point this out. I want to point it out anyway. With three games into the season, I'm not giving up on D'Angelo Russell. I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is a finished product or that I think he's a bust or anything like that. I, the point that I'm making is, and, and this applies to the Celtics too, because you know it's a guy who does a lot of post-game shit. It's like, you know, even as recently as last year, I'm hearing about, like, like the potential of Jared Sullinger to, like, still become a star. And, I'm thinking, and like, at a certain point in your head, you've got to go, does how does he really still have that potential to become a star? You know, I watched I watched the Lakers right now, and again, I don't think D'Angelo is a finished product, but I see Julius Randle, okay, and I can see that Julius Randle is also by no means a finished product. This is by, uh, for all intents and purposes, his first season, right? He played 15 minutes right. last season, breaking yeah. his leg. So I, so I watch him play basketball, and he does dumb things all the time in these games, right? But you know what I see? I see a crazy quick first step, all right? I see athleticism. He's basically faster than than any four he goes against. He's got excellent handle for a big man. I see all these pieces for a guy who can put – not necessarily that he'll put it together, but I see the pieces that, like – Maybe he could be good, you know, if he works hard and becomes. I, I and I, I look at D'Angelo, and I guess I'm not. I don't see it the same way. And I hear, I, I have to, you know, I live in LA. I have to hear local uh, sports talk radio, and like, people, the, it, it's funny because I hear overreaction on both sides. There are people who are who are calling in, you know, the Lakers shows and and saying like, this guy's a bust. We wanted to, you know, we should have gotten Okafor. Uh, we could have gotten Moutier. And then I and then I hear from the from the host of these shows just excuses about how D'Angelo's only nineteen, uh, but like so is Tahir Okafor. You know what I mean? So is Emmanuel Mudiay. Emmanuel, and, and they also made the excuse, oh, well, Tahir Okafor is like he's already a center. He's going to take longer for a point guard to develop. Yeah, and Mudiay is a point guard too, except he's six five and super athletic. Like I can see an athletic difference between Emmanuel Moutier and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, sure, okay, he he has this, like, supposed court vision, even though in Summer League and in, in three Laker games and in preseason, he's, his, like, 
turnover to assist ratio is like three to one in the opposite direction. So maybe it just it'll take some time for him to like like the speed of the game to catch up with him. And he is a good shooter, uh, even though he hasn't been. But I'm like, I don't understand what I'm like, what moment I'm supposed to be waiting for if I don't see if I don't already see signs. So maybe maybe that's why Kobe Bryant doesn't want to pass the ball. And he, I mean, he, he says he's been in the news recently saying that he's been terrible himself. Uh, but maybe he doesn't trust D'Angelo Russell, and he just doesn't want to say anything. I mean, <clears throat> the thing is, it's Kobe has been terrible, and he has been saying like he needs to let the young guys do it. Even if Kobe, the problem is, is like even when Kobe's on the bench, the Lakers still have Lou Williams, Nick Young, and Jason and uh, Jordan Clarkson basically handling the ball like the entire time. D'Angelo Russell is just—he's not—he hasn't been aggressive enough. He hasn't demanded the ball. He hasn't, you know, they, they talked about, like, they sort of tried yeah. to make him off guard. For the can, I ask you, can I ask you a question, what the Lakers were thinking? In, actually, maybe I should get, get the facts straight first. Did they sign Lou Williams before the draft or after the draft? Probably after, right? Yeah. After the draft, yeah. Yeah, so what were they thinking signing Lou Williams when they already had Nick Young and they're trying to develop D'Angelo Russell and Kobe's coming back? Did they really think that Russell was going to handle the ball at all? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, here's the thing. Russell's going to have a problem this year just having Kobe on the floor regardless because he's going to want the ball to move to him while he's there. I think Kobe's an issue that the Lakers are going to have to deal with all year slash uh, until he gets inevitably gets hurt. But, I mean, they they may as well have gone out and got brought Gilbert Arenas out of retirement and got, go, and got Brandon Jennings uh, to come and play for them too if they're trying to get guys that need the ball in their hands. And that's a counter to the, like, I'm not seeing much from D'Angelo argument, which is that, like, he's he's not going to have those same opportunities because he's not, you know, he's not Jaheel Okafor on the Sixers where they, they have no other offense. They're just going to dump it into him every time. The Lakers have a lot of guys who want the ball in their hands. And, you know, it's not going to be D'Angelo Russell because he's the low man on the total pole. But I guess what I'm saying is even when the ball is in his hands, he just doesn't look – he doesn't look fast enough to me. You know, I, it's like – I feel like he got drafted on the base – on the – like the basis of he's he's got crazy good bounce passes. You know what I mean? And it's not – I don't know. It's not 1951. In, <laughs> that's that's funny, man. Tonight oh, okay. when, I was, when I was playing basketball, I'll drop this little tidbit on you. A couple of the guys were – making fancy passes behind their backs and blah, 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 but they wouldn't, they would miss the layup. So my brother who was playing on their team said, quit it with your fancy passes. We all know you can pass. Somebody has got to score. And the next play, he just took the ball and drove to the rack and scored. Um, the point is, is, uh, is, is D'Angelo Russell and his passes really what you need right now as a Laker? Or, I mean, He's got to get the ball first, and like I was just saying, Lou Williams needs the ball in his hand to score. Nick Young needs the ball in his hands to score. These guys aren't coming off screens and picking up crisp bounce passes. I mean, let me be clear. We're not going to win, right? We're just not going to win. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> so, so like, uh, in in that respect, it 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 doesn't matter if, if like, if, 
Lou Williams has a great game and the Lakers win, like, it doesn't matter. And it's at a level where, like, yeah, it doesn't matter at all. They lost three games to three bad teams right now. Although, you, you know, my thoughts are on Dallas probably not that bad. But, um, yeah, so they lost three games to three bad teams. They're going to continue to lose all year regardless. I just, I'd rather see, I'd rather see development in the guys that we need to develop yep. than not. You know, then like yeah, Lou, Calvin. Lou that makes that, that's what I'm was. saying. That's that makes the Lou Williams yeah. signing all the more baffling. Like I don't, I just don't understand why they would go out and get that guy when they knew that they had to develop Russell and they already had Nick Young and Kobe for that matter. I just don't understand. I think their thought was was again trying to be competitive in some way. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> um, before we move on to another California team. I want to ask you how Brandon Bass has looked because he was one of my favorite Celtics when he was here, and uh, I haven't seen him at all in a Laker uniform, so I'm just curious. How's he looked through the first few games? Uh, he's looked okay. Nothing, nothing special. You know, I feel like he's not. I feel like he's not trying that hard to be honest with you. And it's like he's uh, Julius Randle's really like taking up the minutes there. I feel like he's not. He's not getting that many minutes. He's playing about 20 minutes a game, but um, yeah, he's yeah. he's played okay. Another strange been, sighting. I'm not... Yeah, another strange sighting. You're right. I've been, I'm not sure I've why been he went there. Yeah, fair enough. Just figured I'd, I'd check in on a on a former Celtic that people seem to like around here. Um, <clears throat> maybe he just likes the Celtics better, and that's why he's not playing very well in the Lakers. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, that's quite possible. Maybe he is an undercover spy. What's All right. Um, well, I don't know whether or not this was updated, so I'm just going to go with it. We're talking about Brandon Bass and D'Angelo Russell and all these NBA players. Obviously, the season is back. There are a few games in. Now's the time to get back in on one-day fantasy action at FanDuel.com. There's no better time to sign up and get playing than right now. I think I need to get back on there myself, actually, and go pick up Steph Curry as one of the first guys to get. I don't care what he costs because we're going to talk about the Warriors in just a moment here. And holy moly, that guy has jumped off to a great start. So I would be looking at him if I was playing one-day fantasy basketball to start my league. But you still need another point guard, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and one center. And, of course, those players are just from the games that are happening tonight or tomorrow, for that matter. One-day fantasy basketball leagues for real money with immediate cash payouts. Those payouts will be in your account the very next morning. Play every day or once a week or once a month. Play every day, really, is what you're supposed to do. That's the way you get the money. The league start at just $1, and finally it can pay to be a fan. For tonight, since I don't know when you're listening to this, since it's a beautiful podcast, go out and get Steph Curry if he's playing. That's what I'm saying to you. Go get him. It doesn't matter what he costs on FanDuel, because you do need to stay under the salary cap, so you'll have to find some mid-range players as well to fit your, your budget there. 
If you've never played before, the games have never been bigger. So join over 1 million other fans who have already won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel.com. You know basketball just as well as Calvin and I do. So prove it at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com right now. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use the code Celtics to sign up. Not Lakers, of course, because the Celtics are better. Uh, We have a special offer as well. Sign up today and FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 200 bucks so check it out it's a bonus of up to 200 dollars and it's only good for the first 50 people that use this code so head over there right now fanduel.com use the code celtics that's f-a-n-d-u-e-l.com sign up today fanduel.com where every day is a new season boom um speaking of steph curry calvin we're talking about the warriors now and this is probably just going to be a couple minutes of of just being in awe, I guess, because, man, that guy is just out for blood. It seems like they, they want to set an NBA record for wins and points scored and all this sort of thing. I have some Steph Curry stats that I'm going to, that I'm going to throw at you. Bring them. All right, you know, you know I'm not a PER guy, right? But it's still an interesting. I, I, I believe I think Wilt has the all-time PER season of like 38 or or something. Mm-hmm. Well, Steph Curry's PER right now is 50.4. No, no player Incredible. has ever. Yeah, no player has ever had over 50 PER who's played more than seven minutes in a season. Right now, Steph Curry is at 127 minutes. So, yep. 127 minutes and counting. His PER is basically 25% better than the best PER of all time. That's what he's doing right now. All right? So he's, he's – Blake Griffin right now is at 35. And he, yeah, he, put he's some context out better there. Than him. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally – I mean, yeah. we're, they, they are four games in. We keep saying three games, three games, but they are four games in. Um, You're right. And their, their most recent game, Calvin, was just – a a massacre. Um, we'll get into that in a second, but this PR thing to put in perspective, what's Blake Griffin's number again? 35 or something. Yeah. He's been having a monster season in his own right uh, to start this thing off. Steph Curry. And yes, people, anybody listening a PR, what is that? It's a new stat. Yeah. It's a, it's an advanced statistic, but like Calvin said, they go back to the old stats and they apply the same formulas that they're using and they can then compare the, the players of lore, the legends to the current day players. And it's, it's, it's a better metric than plus minus. I'll tell you that much. So the PER stat is, is uh, something that speaks to a player's entire game, if you will. Uh, And it, it makes it, it just, shows without getting too detailed into what goes into it, it it shows you that a player is involved in a positive way for their team when they're on the floor, essentially. It's an efficiency rating. Let's let's break it down to some counting stats then for the old-timers. Okay? He's scoring 37 points a game right now. He's 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 getting 6.3 assists, 5 rebounds, 2.5 2.5 steals and only two turnovers in 31 minutes a game. Uh, what is he shooting from the floor, please? 
He's shooting 59.5%. He's got That's, 148. Yeah. I, no, I want you to say that number again. Say the, say the number again, and we're going to round it up. 59.5, yes. Yeah. Up to 60%. We're rounding that up to 60%, okay? I That's what I'm doing. The man is shooting 60% from the field in four full NBA games. And this yeah, is not a guy that's that, that's coming in and taking five shots a game, and and making is, or or sorry, taking taking ten shots a game, and making six of them, double that, you know, I mean, at least double that, and it's just yeah, it's, and it's amazing what he's been doing. That includes that includes the fact that he's taken forty three threes, he scored one hundred and forty eight points, very on eighty four shots right now. He's going. He's he's getting like he's getting like one point seven points shot shots right now. That's twenty one shots a game. He's yeah. shooting sixty percent. That's that's the most ridiculous. The most. In, in, in four games, he's already had three twenty point quarters. Like there's one player in the league who's had one twenty point quarter other than Curry's three. He's like as hot as anyone's ever been in NBA history. Like. They talk about like how many points that he scored in the first four games. Like only Michael Jordan has has uh, done it in the modern era. And yet, I still yeah. We, what did we hear coming into the season about how the Warriors were overrated? They're they're killing teams like you said. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, not a scrub team, by fifty points. It, it seems incredibly easy. They they smashed yeah, the Pelicans let's, twice. Let's, let's get into let's get into that right there. The last game that they played, they're four and zero now, um, and they they like you said just destroyed the Grizzlies after running up and down the court two nights before against the Pelicans. They've seen New Orleans two nights or two nights in their first three games, so. They had a back-to-back at Houston, at New Orleans. They cleaned up both of those games nicely, uh, winning by an average of, what is this, 17 points a game. Uh, And then they go out and Memphis, Calvin, the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that both of us picked to be in the playoffs. And I think, I thought they were going to, they were going to take a step back from what they did last year. I didn't think they were taking a, a step back this far. They lost by 50 Ladies and gentlemen, 5 0, 119 to 69, 50 points. That doesn't happen to a playoff team in the West. That just doesn't happen. But it did. That should show you how good this Warriors team is. They scored 40 points in the third quarter alone, Calvin. Yeah. No, they're always just in. By the way, like. You know that uh, what's his face? The um, oh Andrew Bogut, yeah. And so Andrew Bogut's like you know obviously always always injured. They've been playing to the Z anymore, and he like he is an even better fit for this offense. He and Dre is defending out of their mind. We're not even talking about how good their defense is. The Warriors are are easily the best team in the league right now, Ray. I don't. They look to me like an unstoppable juggernaut. Even I know it's early. It's four. It's four. Four games in, maybe I'm overstating it, but I I just feel like even for a championship team, the Warriors don't seem to get enough credit. And like 
the, all all we heard about is you know how they got lucky. I got an argument with my roommate about how lucky they they are, or you know he's mad because Curry's getting compared to Jordan, even though he's like he's getting compared to Jordan because literally, you know his scoring output matched only Jordan's, and like he's he's giving me this the typical BS that I, I quickly want to address too about how like oh he couldn't do this in the Jordan era because they were running di- different defenses for all you old timer types. Um, I'm talking about you, Nick Chelso, and you, Mike Munger, among others. Like, yes, they scored less in in the '90s in the Michael Jordan era. But do you ever try, you ever try watching one of those games lately, Murray? Like, you ever watching even even more so an '80s game? Like, uh, not, not recently. One, I haven't watched one of them. Yeah. But uh, I do. I do like dipping back into the past once in a while. Yeah. There's, so no, so there's no there's no zone defenses. Everyone's playing man to man. Yes, there's the occasional double team. But you, if you look at defenses today, every team's defense is essentially a complex system of trapping and rotating on a constant basis that you would never see back in the day. You have to go. Yeah. Like to, yeah. Well, it's great because they they force teams to to sort of get out of the lane and things like that. You can't just stand around, so you do have to find innovative ways to move your defenders around as well. And I think that's part of it. So that was a good rule change in my mind. But continue your point. Yeah. So like the so the rotations back in the eighties and nineties, like people were getting wide open shots all the time. Now, granted, offenses offenses are also a lot more complex now where teams move the ball. Back in the day, you'd see the point guard with the ball in his hand 90% of the time, and other guys would just, you know, standing around, or, you know, in, in the Bulls case, Jordan would just have a man that he'd back down in the post, and then he'd shoot a 15-foot jumper over him. You know, maybe he'd get, he'd get the double team and, you know, kick it out to a three-point shooter. But, yeah, it's impossible to consistently run that sort of offense in 2015. So, I, I don't like that even even comparison in that respect, but the, and the other difference is, is like Steph Curry, for in, like maybe there are players that you could say that about, like in different eras wouldn't thrive. But the problem with Steph Curry is that his range makes him such a unique player that like teams would never going to be able. If you want to say, oh, defense was so much better than '90s, you you're never going to be able to double team trap anybody 30 feet from the basket in any era in NBA history. You know what I mean? It just leaves you too open everywhere else. Particularly if you're talking about a, a, a precision passing point guard who runs a fast paced motion offense. Like, what do you think? What do you what, what would the Bulls of the '90s do? Okay, they'd put Pippen on Curry, but the problem is, is the, the Warriors would just run screens and he Dude, and, and Curry, get Curry is shooting over people. Curry is shooting before yeah. he they he, they even get a chance to step up to the three point line and defend him. He's shooting deeper than I've seen anybody shoot and with confidence and actually making shots in a long time consistently. He's taking bombs. He's shooting at half court, basically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to stop that, that anyway. But yeah. to your point of, like, the point guard having the ball in his hands all, at all times, and it, that's the guy that was racking up assists back in, the, in those days, 80s, 90s. That's why point guards were the guys that were getting all the assists, you know? Old school, right? The Warriors had 32 assists. They had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players, Calvin, with at least two assists. And Draymond Green led the the way with eight. So yeah. if anybody was, was to try and counter your argument by saying, oh, well, they don't pass the ball. Curry just, it just runs up and, 
and is, he's a hun, he just takes a shot and he just makes his own shot, blah, blah, blah. There's your, your counter argument right there. So nobody can even bring that up at this point. Uh, three, two, three, six, four, two, one, four, eight, four. That's our phone number. Give us a call. Calvin, let's play a little game quickly. Uh, since we're still on the warriors and figure out when they will lose after, uh, their next game. And actually, maybe we, maybe we don't think they'll lose this next game. But I'm, I was going to throw this one out because I'm looking at the schedule uh, and it <laughs> it favors them. But they're playing the Clippers next. So this, I was going to throw this game out. Do you think they're going to win that game? Uh, I was offered $10 to bet on that game. So I, I took I took that offer. I do think they'll beat the Clippers. Not that the Clippers can't compete with them. But I right. think I think the Clippers are the are in Doc Rivers in particular. Uh, they're the team that you know talked about how lucky they were and sort of uh, tried to write off their championship. And I, I think that the bad blood that exists anyway between these two teams. I, I yeah I think they'll win that game based. For that okay, reason. so we're gonna give them a, we're gonna give them a win for that because I think they'll probably win that game as well. Uh, it is in Oakland, so. It's it's not like they need to even go to L.A. and worry about the rabid Clippers fans. Um, but let's just play a little game and see when they're going to lose. So Clippers at home, they're, that's, that's 5-0. and Denver at home, that's a win. I think we both agree. Sacramento yep. in Sacramento, win. Yep. Uh, Detroit at home, win. Memphis in Memphis. Do you think Memphis that just got beat by 50 is going to give them a game in Memphis? And don't forget the great series that they had last year in the postseason. Um, I mean, right now, I'd, I'd have to give them a game. Sure. Right now, I'd still have to pick them to win, though, right? I mean... Pick, pick them to win. I agree. That's, uh, what is that, nine? Let's see, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine and oh. Uh Minnesota in Minnesota, 10 and oh. The Nets in Oakland, 11 and oh. Um This logo is not loading. What? Another home game on their schedule after the Nets and there's no this NBA.com didn't load the logo of course I'll take that team that team to win they've ruined my bit they've just ruined my bit why won't it load these games this is giving stupid NBA.com um anyway Oakland (laughs) my bit is ruined my bid is ruined by NBA.com schedule. How is this even possible? They play the Clippers after that. That's another. Oh, it's the Raptors. Thank you, Google. The Raptors at home. That's a, that's a win for the Warriors. That's a win. That's 12. The Clippers are 13. It's doing it again. You know what? I'll say they'll lose that second time to the Clippers. The second time to the Clippers. Yeah. All right, so that's their first loss. So we think they're going to go twelve and zero, and that's the end of the bit. Jerks. <sighs> How is it possible that NBA.com can't even get their own team's logos to load on a schedule? This whole thing. Maybe it's my browser. Maybe it's user error. But the bit is over, and we move on to bigger and better things. Like. <laughs> Lizzie, Liz Frola, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Liz. Hey guys. Wait a, wait a second. What's going on? Wait a, wait a second. 
what Liz came in without a song? Uh, oh, yes. I I yes, was just uh, I was thinking we we would just introduce her without the song. What you would you want to hear? You want to hear the song? It's what we do. I don't, how do I know it's really Liz without the song? Liz, say something. You're dead to me. <laughs> and I don't want the world to we're going, see we're going Come on, Liz. Liz, why don't you tell the people why we play that song for you? <laughs> because I, I hate it so completely. Play it every week. It's really sweet. That makes us really good friends, right? Really <laughs> great friends. Um, so, full disclosure, these topics are from last week. When I didn't do topical topics. Right. Because you look we, up fresh topics for us? We jammed you up. So these are, Calvin insists that they're not topical topics anymore. They're just topics. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how true that is. Topics. The topic topics. Um, topic, topic number one is that in Northern California, the police department is now armed with nunchucks. One of the police departments. Calvin, you got some sort of turtle problem out there? <laughs> well, no, that's, a, that's more of a turtle solution. Oh my god! <laughs> since we're talking about since we're talking about teenage mutant ninja turtles, can we all agree that Raphael is the best turtle? Let's just agree. <laughs> no, no, we can't agree no, on that. I don't think we, anybody no. can agree on that list. No, nobody can agree on that. Number one fact, turtle is Raphael. Number Raphael, one turtle. Kind of a jerk. In fact, not even kind of a jerk. Not no. a jerk. Yeah. I mean, so I've come to a slow realization that he is a jerk, but but Raphael is still the best turtle. Calvin, who's your favorite turtle? I like Michelangelo. Always have. Yeah, Michael, it's always been my guy. Michelangelo, look, look. Oh, he's a fan like, favorite. Fan look, favorite. Do, he is a fan favorite. Do I like? Do I like like surfer stoner dudes in general? No, I don't. But Michelangelo, yes, is clearly the best turtle. Nunchucks are the best weapon of said weapons. And you know why? You know why? Because Leonardo and Raphael can't ever stab anybody with their sharp weapons. So they're always having to hit people with, like, the handle of their weapons. It looks really stupid. Michelangelo, just a fun-loving guy. Likes pizza. I like pizza. Yep, pizza. Michelangelo is the best. All right. Nunchucks for the police department... Speaking of things that you can't do or can't use to subdue somebody, um, what do you, how, how do you feel about that, Calvin? Would you rather get hit with a stun gun or a nightstick or some nunchucks by a police officer if you were disobeying them and the law? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like nunchucks are just smaller nightsticks, right? Well, hold on. I mean, hold on. I did a little okay. research. The town is called Anderson, California. It's like central, it's like right in the middle of like the northern third of California. And it's kind of a small town. But anyways, there's, it said they are their 20 policemen. So I'm sure that's What are they doing small. up there, Calvin? 
but we got going on your state. They had diagrams on the website about how they use the nunchucks to to subdue people in a way that that doesn't hurt them. And it's uh-huh. like it's like if somebody's coming at you, <laughs> there are these amazing diagrams. Somebody's coming at you with like going to grab you, and you like wrap the nunchucks around the, their wrists to like hold them together. Uh, Calvin, I feel like that's not- Calvin, do you even consider this town to be part of California? <laughs> Well, I've never heard of this place. Um, I don't consider Northern California to be part of California, so <laughs> I guess I don't. But the state capital is in Northern California, so you don't really think that the state capital is real? Yes, really. I think the state capital is imaginary. Right. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Really? Right. What does it explain? It just explains a lot. <laughs> like a lot what? I'm not going to run one, through it. Oh. Name one thing. Name one thing and explain. Ooh. I don't think it explains anything. Well, I mean, it explains a lot, not just one. I didn't say it explains one thing. So. Right. I'm saying name one of the many things that it explains. <laughs> no, I'm going to move on to the next topic. It explains you your disdain for people from Northern California, I guess. Right, fair yeah. enough. You think Thank they're you. imaginary. Thanks for, thanks for You're welcome. In there. Bailed you right. out there. Um, thank you. Um, so second topic is, uh, it's kind of sad, but also makes me laugh, um, which is the best kind of topic. There was this article about um, <laughs> cases where dogs have accidentally shot humans. And there was what? this little chart. <laughs> there, there have been two. There, at the time of this article, there were 10 cases, but then I heard another story like last week, so now it's 11. But there have been 11 cases where dogs have accidentally shot their owners since 2004. I don't understand. So, hold on. There's this amazing chart that I found, and it has, like, all the dates of, of like, when it happened. There was one in 2004, and then since 2007, there's been, like, one every year and multiple ones. Um a year and some some years but there are four categories on the spreadsheet one is hunting accident one is happened in a car one is happened in a boat and then and then the last category is <laughs> happened, a boat? yeah the last category is happened in florida <laughs> uh, <laughs> and four four out of the 11 have happened in florida five of them have happened right? a hunting accident so it just made me laugh. How many? How many have happened on a boat? All the rest of them. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so, but I don't. I still don't understand how this is possible. The, the dog shoots the owner. This doesn't make any sense. The dog doesn't have so, opposable thumbs or fingers. Let me let me paint the picture for you. So you're in the woods, right? You shoot a deer, and then the deer like limps off and dies, and then you you go to chase it down, but you don't want to run. With your assault rifle, so you put your assault rifle down. Assault you go to, you, you go to you go to pick up your deer, and then Sucker. all of a sudden Fido, who like stayed back behind, uh, he's like running towards you, and he steps on your assault rifle, and he steps on the trigger and shoots you in the face. Yeah, I think I think that it happens somewhat like that. Probably no. not an assault rifle. No, but, you don't step. What? A dog doesn't step on the trigger and 
shoot a gun up in the air. That that, that wouldn't know. happen. The, the gun would have to be pointed at an angle. It would have to be like it sitting up on a rock and the, and the dog no, goes yeah. over. Time out. Yeah. This is my topical topic. Time out. I have the talking stick. If it happens, guys, that's a nice thing. <laughs> if it happened in a car, like, say it's on the passenger seat and your dog is also on the passenger seat and they step yep. on the trigger, you can shoot and I don't want the the hunting <laughs> accident was is not. It doesn't make sense. It does. Yeah, no, Think about it this way: the dog steps on the back of the gun, the the, the front of the gun then angles up, and then the he dog steps on the trigger and shoots. Good. Time out. Time out. Four, and he shot in the foot. Four. Okay, there are five hunting accidents. Four out of the five. Four out of the five also happened in the car. So they're hunting. They're in the car when it happened. They're hunting from the car. No, I don't. I'm not really sure why that's. No, he's probably got his gun on on the on the dash or the console yeah, or something, and the dog's getting yeah. crazy, being this a dumb a dog. Accident. And then also, there's exactly. That's why the hunting, hunting accident doesn't make any sense. There's a hunting accident slash happened in a boat, so they're like out fishing, fishing game, you know. And the dog steps on the gun and shoots the dude or lady. What do you use? What do you use your gun for when you're out fishing? Are you shooting fish? Oh. Are you, people, people who hunt and fish are, you know, like you, unique individuals. You get a barrel. You get a barrel and then pull the barrel up full of fish and you shoot at them. I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't know. I don't know about this chart. I don't know about this chart you found there, Farola. I. Listen, it's very reputable. It's from uh, it's a, it's a news report. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, Listen, thank you for joining us there, Liz. We really it. appreciate it. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Well, then. Calvin, that was a rousing rendition of whatever we call that segment now. It's just sure. topics. Ha. Yeah, just topics. Just <laughs> topics. It's topics brought to you by Liz Farola with Jack Handy. Why can't we do something <laughs> like that? Get I really probably, soft. Sweet whispers with Liz Farola. We could whisper throughout the entire segment. Sweet whispers. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a lot of thoughts on things, so I can just come up with a thought every week. <laughs> Shallow thoughts with Calvin Chamberlain. Yeah. This week's thought, we don't need enough bagels. It's pronounced bagels. Waste high thoughts with Calvin Chamberlain. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, Liz, thank you very much. Really, we okay. appreciate it. Do I have to play the song again, Calvin? I'm no. good. All right, he doesn't want to play it anymore. Good, good. for you, Liz. Good. Good. Have a good. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. Right. Goodbye. Thanks. There she goes. The one and only. Yep. Liz for all up. Boop. Um, I don't usually do this read. If you want to call it that, I don't usually throw this out there. But we're pretty excited about this one. 
Um, and we're talking about it on the post-game show, of course, because Jared Weiss, as I mentioned him earlier, he does a really good job in the locker room, and I can't say enough about the stuff that he's done for, for CLNS Radio in general. Um, great guy. He, yeah, he's a great guy. He knows his stuff. He's, he's a, he really loves the game of basketball, and uh, he has – stepped up his game even more with the garden report this year. He's taken it to another level. Um, it's still, it's the same great coverage, high def and all that full length locker room interviews, HD on YouTube, youtube.com slash CLNS radio. But he's also using the grandstand app now, Calvin. And I, I don't really know much about the grandstand app, but basically it lets you take videos and, when you're at the game and post it immediately and share your, your thoughts and the, the highlights that you've come up with from your seat uh, from the crowd and post it and share with other people. So people think it's pretty cool. And Jared has been using it on the garden report. So um, I encourage everybody to go check out grandstand at grandstand.me. And even more importantly, go to youtube.com slash CLNS radio and check out the, the locker room report and Listen to the post-game shows because Jared is great when he calls in after games uh, on those as well. I am looking forward to hearing from him um, the next time. So check that out. Um, What's next? Where did did this thing go? I just lost it. Um, Oh, here it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The NFL stuff. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. So, Murray, uh, you, it sounds like you didn't watch the Panthers game, Panthers-Colts game, exciting Panthers-Colts uh, football. That was Monday night football, right? I was playing softball. Playoff softball, yes, baby. Nothing better. Well, in said game, at uh, the Panthers Stadium, which is apparently called Bank of America Stadium, uh, some, some dudes broke into the stadium, right? They were in the upper deck. They, like, had some, like rope and some climbing gear, some pickaxes, some pulleys, some uh, some of those, like, spike shoes that allow you to, like, stick on the edge of mountains, you know, those gloves, sure. those gloves that let you punch holes yep. in, in the rock stuff. They were going rock climbing, yeah, yeah. on a mountain. And, yeah, and they repelled off the edge of this deck with a banner about uh, trying to get uh, Bank of America to... Uh, stop fracking at this oil site in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So, and it, except that they couldn't, they couldn't unroll it. They couldn't get their banner properly unrolled as they were repelling. And even though ESPN did show these dudes there, uh, they ended up, you know, not really. They get their, they got their message out after the fact, obviously, because I'm reporting it. But they didn't get their message off during the game. Um, I have a couple thoughts on this. One, I don't know. I'm sure, you, know, you probably go to sporting events all the time. <laughs> we don't have football here, so I haven't been to a football game in a while. But my first question is, how the hell do you get into an NFL game with mountain climbing gear? Question number one for you. Uh, question no- number you... one. Let's see. So I think I would think <laughs> that um, that you probably would need first of all the easiest way would be to have a guy on the inside, right? 
You, you got a guy okay. that works there or something. Maybe he's just a janitor. Could be anything. Could be anything in the stadium worker. Could be a concession stand guy. Excuse me. It could be whatever you want it to be. And he's he's there and he lets you guy either lets you in the back door or he brings that stuff in with him uh, when he gets to work. There's there's the answer oh. to your first question. That's that seems kind of far fetched because I don't think you're walking right through the door and at TD Garden. You're definitely not doing that at this point. They've got metal detectors now that they're 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 using, and they don't allow bags in the first place. So, I mean, unless it's a woman's purse, they don't allow backpacks or anything like that, and they haven't for many many years. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned about that because, I mean, if you can if you can bring a grappling hook in there, I mean, again, you can't really stuff a grappling hook down your pants, right? If you can bring all right. that stuff in there to, to repel off the, the the upper deck, then you probably can get a bomb into that stadium, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It sounds pretty, it sounds pretty lax, yeah. yeah. It's something I'd be concerned about. Okay, question number two for you, Barry. Let's say you're at this game. You're watching your beloved Panthers play the Colts in what, was, what turned out to be a great game because the Colts had a comeback and the Panthers ended up having to win in overtime. So you're watching this this you know, great game, and all of a sudden above you, these dudes over the, the deck above you, you're sitting in the deck below, all of a sudden these dudes are like hanging from ropes in the air above you. Do you, do you A, continue to watch the game or B, like climb out of your seat and like you know, basically run for your life because if they do fall, there's a chance they're going to fall on your head. Slash Man, head. I, if I saw them above me, I would probably uh, Get, get out of my seat. I don't know how. I don't think I'd be frantic. I'd probably head for the aisle or something. And I don't. I, I wouldn't run for my life. I'd probably look up for a bit and see what they were doing. And if I felt like I was in danger at that point, if I, they looked like they were going for weapons or anything like that, I'd get the hell out of there. But I'd, I'd probably be intrigued to see what the hell was going on. What? Why they were doing this? Maybe it's a stunt that the team is putting on. You know, and it's possible. Yeah, I just feel like they probably had to ruin the time of, like, multiple people below. You have to figure, sure. like, security probably cleared them out, too, right? Just oh, yeah, for, for sure. Like, li- for, like, liability reasons. You probably couldn't even sit in your seat if you wanted to in that situation. So they they basically displaced a bunch of people. They couldn't get their sign out. And their sign was about – here's my other issue. Their sign was about Bank of America and, like, their fracking policies. When it, let, let me explain. Maybe they don't understand football. But like, just because the just because the field is named Bank of America Field, it doesn't mean Bank of America has anything to do with the Panthers or the field. <laughs> and it you know also I mean? doesn't but, even mean it doesn't even mean that anybody from Bank of America is watching the game necessarily, or anybody that make, that makes decisions from Bank of America is even watching the game. Right. That's that's my point. It's like the Panthers have nothing to do with this. So like just because the field is named after corporation, like doesn't mean that corporation has any direct connection with the Panthers. So that was an issue for me too. Um I don't think that people should be using uh sporting events as platforms for their political agenda. I don't know I don't know what you think about that, but you know, if if they I'm really not, if they really wanted that. to if they really wanted to get their message across, they would have helicoptered in at one point uh, when the game wasn't even going on, just before the game or something, and they would have put the banner up in a way that would have been on a timer, and it would have fallen down over 
all of the signs that say Bank of America, and it would have they would have just rigged it up the night before. Nobody would have even known, and boom, there you go. At at uh, kickoff of the game on Monday night, all of the signs in the stadium changed to whatever you want them to say because their banners get get released. If they had really planned out their their heist, that's uh, not a heist, but their their uh, protest, I guess. If they had really planned it out, that's what they would have done. Maybe next time, hooligans. Yeah, maybe next time. All right, we got uh, we got only one more topic for tonight. Maybe it looks like we're going to end a little early. Very always likes when we end early. Uh, I do like when we end early. That that's why uh, I can get a good night's sleep. I can get out of my Casper mattress. I might as well do that. You know, get on over to Casper.com/slash/Celtics and enter the promo code Celtics. If you're looking for a new mattress and get a good night's sleep after a short Careless Whispers episode on a short week for Careless Whispers, Celtics Beat it has a really big hand in this Casper.com thing, Calvin, by the way. Um, they are the main reason that Casper has, has joined on with us. And uh, if you don't know about Casper, they're an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. We've told you about them before. They cut costs because you don't have to deal with resellers and showrooms, and those savings are passed directly on to you, the consumer. So head on over to Casper.com slash Celtics and enter the promo code Celtics right now to get $50 off your next purchase. They bring two technologies together, latex and memory foam, for better nights and brighter days. It's comfortable. It has the right sink and the right bounce. If your kids are bouncing around on it, tell them not to do that. Not that it can't handle it, but they might fall off and bump their head. You can buy it easily online and completely risk-free. Try sleeping on a Casper mattress. You're going to love it. Casper.com slash Celtics, promo code Celtics. Casper understands the importance of truly trying out that mattress. So guess what? If you don't like it, you can turn it. You can return it within a 100-day period. That's 100 days. Three months. You have three months to decide whether you like this mattress or not. Sounds like a good deal to me. Go there. Five hundred for a twin, nine fifty for a king size, plus that extra fifty bucks if you put in the promo code Celtics. That's Casper.com/Celtics. Again, promo code Celtics. Do it. And finally, we discuss another NFL topic. Hit me with it. Well, FanDuel is one of uh, our sponsors. We talked about them earlier, uh, as as well as Casper. And um, so it appears that uh, Pierre Garçon is suing Casper for not allowing him to get a good night's sleep. No, uh, <laughs> he's suing FanDuel. He's uh, got a lot of players together, bringing a bunch of them together to sue FanDuel to sue FanDuel because they used to offer players individual deals. Uh, to promote FanDuel, you know, on their Twitters and, uh, you know, to people. But they stopped doing that this season. He was one of the guys. He promoted FanDuel. They they stopped paying out any pl- individual players, and now they're, you know, doing a little marketing campaign. He didn't like that, and now he is suing FanDuel. He and, you know, whatever players he's brought together, suing FanDuel for using his likeness and name to profit. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so these these – uh, daily fantasy sites are in trouble. I mean, not necessarily in trouble, but they're 
they're getting in the news for negative reasons, and I think it's it's the new hot thing to since it's the new hot thing to go and play, and people are making money off of it, and the sites are making money off of it. Uh, it's also the new hot thing to go after these sites legally, and uh, some places like here in Massachusetts, people in the government are, are are saying that they don't want the fantasy sites to be taken down or anything like that, but that they should be regulated just like any other uh, gambling would be, um, and they are open to leaving the sites the way they are until they come up with better legislation to help with that regulation of these, these sites. Some places just want the sites to get taken down and other people are suing them for other reasons. So um, they are, they have some things to work through to say the least. And this is just another one of them. Pierre Garçon, if, if he's entitled to any money because they used his likeness, then of course he has a case, but I'm not, I don't know the details of it, so I'm not really sure whether he's going to have anything that really stands up here. If they've, if they've continued to use his likeness and they're not paying him, then that seems, that seems like it's a no-brainer and he's going to win. But if it's a, a situation where they took a picture of him and then they blacked out everything and now it's just a silhouette and they're using that, I'm not so sure that he has anything you know what i'm saying so i don't know the details but that's a, just a scenario that popped into my head yeah in, in terms of uh i'm using his you're right i think if you're using his picture to me it's a little bit of a different issue than if you're just using his name so he has like you know the name of a player in the nfl like he's yeah, I mean, it's it's not a situation like Michael Jordan wasn't in the NBA Live games, you know? It was, it's not like that. Or like Bill Belichick is not in Madden. It's not that type of situation. There's no contract involved to use your name, it doesn't seem. Uh, so I think that they can put these people's names up on their site. Right, and fantasy leagues have, you know, created Pierre Garçon being in the NFL. The only difference between, you know, yearly daily fan is, is event just that. But these ESPN and Yahoo leagues, like there's money in all kinds of leagues. Uh maybe they're not organized at the same level, but like uh the the, the NFL has essentially is ancient fantasy uh you know as as something that can be played along with their game and now these sites have come along and now that they're making a bunch of money, Paragarson is coming in after the fact and, and demanding a cut of that money when really he has nothing He's essentially just a name. Like he has nothing to do with with uh, making the money in and of itself. People have just been that. To me, it's no different than Pierre Garcon saying, uh, you know, catching a touchdown uh, for the Redskins and then the Redskins cover, and then he he you know he goes and he sues Bavada uh, for a percentage of like what they're making off of people betting on the Redskins because he's a Redskin and he has something to do with that. You know, or or even like uh, people betting on like, hey, how many touchdowns will Pierre Garçon uh, catch this year? You know what I mean? And then he catches five, and then he goes back to Bavada and demands uh, a percentage of the profit because they used his name. That's not how gambling works. Like you had, you know what I mean? You had nothing to do with that right. directly. You have to be somebody who plays in the sport. People's names are included in, in various forms of betting all the time. So, in my mind, he doesn't have a leg to stand on, but it, it was, it's an interesting idea. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on on what exactly he's going after them for. If you were to read this this uh, litigation and sort of see what his what his claims are, like I said, if they if they're putting his picture on their website and they're slapping it up all over the place, or they're sending out emails with his face on it or something, you know, uh, then he he probably has a case. But uh, if they're just putting his name up there and they've they stop paying him and they cut him out of their ads, etc. Uh, I if it was a contract at will type of situation, then he doesn't have a case. So that's it. Right. That's all there is to it. Um, it's going to do it for us here, I think, too. Right? Unless you have anything else you want to throw out there for the night. No, I'm good, man. We're good. We are good. Let's go get a snack, Rex. Get a snack. Yeah, let's see if we can get that louder sometime. I guess actually, Definitely. I can make it a little louder. Oh yeah, that's a that's a lot louder. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Thanks, Calvin. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Liz. Thank you for the listeners, whoever listens or is going to listen. You're the best. The best, Jerry. Have a good night, Calvin. I will talk to you next time. Do we have? I don't even know. I should be more prepared for the ends of these shows so I can tell people who's on the next post-game show. But uh not ready. So maybe next time. It's not me. It's all I know. That's right. It's not you. You got a nice little break here. It's not me either. Uh, switch it around. I use my brain instead of looking for the schedule. I think it's Sean Backey. Pretty sure it's Sean Backey leading the way. And if it's not, you should listen anyway. Talk to you next time here on Careless Whispers. That was a fun one. Yeah. Good idea, boy. Now, that's good. Now, boom, he did it. The way you work it, no diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up.